Fire Sports fans, welcome back to another episode of Plugged In with Chris Howard. I got my guy back. I got him back. Jason, what's happening? Oh, another day. It's it's so great. We got a little cold weather here in Austin. I'm uh, loving it. Growing the beard out a little bit. The yeah, I see that. Longer. I see that. Got all that gray. All yeah. that gray. Had, folks had to remind Chris how old I was earlier just so he could feel old. Knowing that I'm just sucking the life out of him every show, just a little stare, a little bit longer, get, get one more younger, get a little ounce younger. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Every time I hear someone like, uh, say their age, especially like if it's someone like I know and I know we're like in, you know, our ages are in proximity of each other, <laughs> and it's like because I'm looking at them, I'm like, damn, you old. I'm like, damn, that means I'm old. I'm like, damn, we're old. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's oh. just like that reality just kind of just hits differently, I guess, because you just you hear that number like 47, 49. You're like, damn, like we're almost 50. Yeah. You look back, you know, your dad's dad, right? Oh, yeah. When he was 50. You're like, I mean, yeah, yeah. Rough. My dad at 50 looked like he had been working in mills since he was 10. You yeah. know what I mean? Like just, but that's also because, you know, again, the type of work that he did, you know, not necessarily the greatest of diets. You know what I mean? Like there was no working out when they got home, they just sat down, they ate, they took their shoes off, kicked back in the lazy boy. And then that was it. Whereas like when guys like me and you come home, we're like, Oh, let me get my shoes ready to go to the gym and let me go get on the treadmill and let me fix my, uh, what's that, what's that new, that, uh, breakfast that's, uh, what's the, the old, let me get my overnight oats. Oh, my overnight <laughs> oats. Right. And I'm going to get some fresh acai. I just, it really, it really right, cleanses right. my liver. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Let me make sure I take my vitamins. Yeah. So, you know, whereas my dad was like, you know, he's like, where's my Marlboros? Where's my, mm -hmm. you know, my Colt 45. He didn't really drink cold 45. I don't know why that like drink popped up in my head, but he didn't really drink cold 45. Um, what are you doing for Thanksgiving, man? What's happening? I'm cooking for people. So I, uh, I love to cook and I am, uh, I'm rolling out a three apple sausage stuffed Turkey with a molasses butter, uh, drizzle. I'm going <laughs> to do a sweet potato and thyme <laughs> maple gnocchi a goat cheese parmesan mashed potatoes spicy okay. sausage stuffing and a brown butter uh sweet potato short stack with uh with thyme okay well someone's been watching chef's table <laughs> i mean damn <laughs> move over yeah. julia and julia like get out okay. my way like yeah okay. that's what i'm gonna do i'm excited how about you well, none of that. Um, I can I can definitely assure you on that. Uh, none of that will be happening. I mean, we're going to grab some some stuff, a turkey. You know, we're going to make some ham. We're going to make we're going to make some. I'm pretty sure we're going to have some canned cranberry sauce or something like that. I mean, you know, it's going it, it's going to be good, but it's not going to be no, you know, noki and all that other shit you up here talking about drizzles and. All that kind of, all that kind of stuff. It's just yeah. gonna be a plain old American Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. That's what it's gonna be. Okay, that is hilarious. Trust me, and the the people over be like, "Damn, man, I just wanted like mashed potato gravies. I right. want those little white rolls. Right. I want those green beans. Yeah. Ooh, I'm I mean, also, I'm, yeah, I'm doing a garlic parmesan black pepper uh, carrot fries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Forgot why I'm laughing that. so hard. Forgot is, about that. Oh my God. What, this uh, is the most un-Thanksgiving meal. What, just what, like, is, what? what inspired this menu? Like, what is what girl do you have coming over that you try to impress? <laughs> what is going on at this Thanksgiving dinner? This is some shit you see on like <laughs> Lifetime or something. Like, what kind of Thanksgiving dinner is this? Who's coming you're gonna over? See me, you're going to see me in a three-piece suit cooking. <laughs> Like, who are you cooking for? Jesus. I'm getting in their house at like 6 a.m. because I got to start the morning off with uh, champagne and uh, homemade cinnamon rolls. Right. And do a banana bread pudding cinnamon uh, cinnamon rolls with uh, uh, peanut butter uh, frosting. And you're cooking and you're cooking for people you know? Yeah, some, yeah, some, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For friends? 
for friends. I ain't too, cooking like up. this for people I know. No, I'm <laughs> cooking like this for people I'm trying to impress, trying to do business with, trying to secure the bag. Like, you know, like <laughs> I'm doing that for those people, but I'm not doing that for people I know. Like, you better come over here and you're going to get some really plain Thanksgiving supper. So, wow. Oh, okay. dude, I do this on other weekends. And just the other night, we just, we had some people over. I made a, a two-layer hammer-thin uh, Asian chicken sandwiches with uh, a spicy arugula, three different sauces, okay. and on, a, on a homemade brioche bun. Had I the mean, fellas over, and we just made stuff. It was fun, this is man. just turned into the plugged in with Chris Howard cooking show, I guess. Like, <laughs> well, you need to talk about any sports. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. All this. Folks, have all this stuff while you're watching sports. That's what it's about. Hey, I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, uh, Jason will be posting pictures of all of this deliciousness. I don't know if he really is. I'm just putting him on his spot because I want to no, see I will. Yeah, I I'll, I'll, I'll send you pictures all goes. day long. All right. Well, now that I'm hungry, I guess it's time to jump into round of sports. Jump into it. All right, Jason. So, you know, sad news, obviously, Anthony Rommel Johnson passed away. Uh, Two-time Ultimate Fighting Championship and title contender Anthony Rommel Johnson, 38, last shared publicly that his health was declining and as he fought uh, a different kind of battle than he was used to, one that ultimately that he lost. I had no idea that he was sick. Um, I didn't even see a statement that came out um, about him being sick. I think the last time I remember um any news about him was i think he was kind of like preparing to get back into to fighting and i thought maybe he was going to go to the pfl or something like that and uh and fight there or potentially go to um what's the uh the other organization uh bellator, bellator. i think he was yeah. over in bellator uh for for a minute so i did not know he was he was sick and I don't know if they've, they've announced like what he was sick from. I'm guessing it had to be probably some kind of cancer or something like that. Um, but just, man, it is, I swear, it just seems like, and he's 38 years old. Right. Yeah. And that's the part that, you know, um, uh, that really kind of hits home is just how young, um, how young he was. And so, yeah, man, it's just that, um, that hit different because he was a fan favorite. People really liked him. Um, and he was an exciting fighter. Yeah, he was, you know, he was fun to watch. He was a great interview. It was, you know, from talking to Rogan to Shab to others. I mean, he just, he had a real beautiful charisma to him. Mm -hmm. uh, not only just with how he was in the ring, but how he was outside of the ring. And, uh, yeah. he was, you know, I mean, you could easily see him being a, a fantastic ambassador for the UFC. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, just being that spokesperson of class and, and character that Dana White isn't. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, he really could have been. And it's a uh, it's 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 a tragic blow for mixed martial arts uh, and also for Bellator and uh, UFC, because I think he would have done either one of the their young crop well, as far mm. as, you know, teaching them. Uh, the ways of being charismatic and winning fights and not being so crazy over the top that everybody right. hates you. Right. And not getting in trouble, you know, yeah. you know, outside of the cage and, and stuff like that. Yeah, man, just, you know, really unfortunate and, um, you know, really wish, you know, him and his family, um, sending him, him and his family, um, you know, our prayers and condolences and, Hug them, tell them why you tell them you love them while they're here, man. Because you know, That's every right. day is uh not guaranteed, but yeah. Um, so Jason, our favorite topic, Jerry Jones. Um, but Stephen A. Smith, I, you know what? I never know if Stephen A. Smith is a cowboy fan or is he a cowboy hater. Like it seems like some days he's on the bandwagon with, with the Cowboys. And then when they lose, it's like, he is, I told you so they're garbage. We're this, we're that. I just never know where Stephen A's uh, allegiance uh, lies, but he came out and said basically that the Cowboys are not getting there's money, their money's worth from that Prescott and who came to his rescue. I'm, I'm shocked as you are. Uh, Jerry Jones. So Jerry Jones came out and said, yeah, I know. Surprisingly, <laughs> considering what, like three weeks ago, he was like, yeah, we got a quarterback controversy. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but no, he came out and um, and defended Dak. He said that that's not correct. He said that Dak brings us a separator. Um, now, does that mean Dak's going to go out and win every game or make a, every comeback or every key situation? Of course not. But what he brings to the locker room, you, I don't think you can really put a price on that because at the end of the day, Dak Prescott is going to put you in the best position to win. Now, yeah. that's totally separate from the contract situation, right? Because at the end of the day, it is a lot of money. It is a lot of money for a guy who has not played particularly well, but who's also been very, very injured since he signed that big time contract. So on top of the injuries, what have you really done to support him, right? To really put a supporting cast around him. Obviously they didn't make any off season moves. I think part of that is kind of catching up to them because they've just been getting by for the last few weeks on great defense, mm-hmm. right? At some point, you know, the defense is going to be able to do what the defense does, but at some point they're going to break and Dak is just now coming back. So I, I don't know if the expectations are really allowing the the perception of of what the reality is for the Cowboys, which basically is time is catching up with you. You you put a bandaid over this thing. You put some gum over the hole. It's about to start leaking. Yeah, I mean, one the contract thing. Listen, Dak negotiated that contract. They signed it, right? Good. That's done. As far as I'm concerned, right? As soon as you get that contract signed, sealed, delivered, it's done. Whether someone plays up to it or not is inconsequential. They signed the contract, right? So. Right. That's, you know, I, I hate, I hate when that, when it's brought up that way, like now, now you've got to go earn this money. No, I earned this money right. by my prior play exactly. and my great negotiating skills. Exactly. That's how I earned it. Right now yeah. I'm going to go show off my amazing talents. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm, and I'm going to go earn some more money that way. Right. That I've already displayed my talents yeah. that I've already displayed that got me this contract. That's right. And now, you know, whatever, Powerade, Gatorade, you know, Nike, Reebok, whatever. And then they see me and they see this big contract and they want a piece, right? It's beautiful. But, and when it comes to the play and it comes to, you know, Jerry Jones getting his back, I love that. I was shocked, right? You know, uh, to your point, they haven't done anything to help them. I'm not a Cowboys fan and I'm kind of defending him, right? I mean, they haven't (laughs) done anything to help him. Right. And he's one person. I mean, it took him half a season to figure out that Tony Pollard's a better running back yeah. at this time, right? That's crazy. And yet they didn't move Zeke when they could have mm-hmm. mm-hmm. probably really got Dak some help. Right. Would have really changed the game. And Odell Beckham Jr. He might've, he might've went over there mm-hmm. a little faster. Right. Yeah. True. You know, so for everything that Dak's going through and you, you know, we talk about longevity, we worry about Tua. You got to worry about his health too, right? Yeah. I mean, he gets hit a lot mm-hmm. and it, it shows, you know? Um, yeah. So. Yeah. It shows on the injuries, right? Whether shows, he's, right? whether he's scrambling or whatever he, whatever he's doing, he's, he's not getting injured. Like it's not just some freak accident that's yeah, happening he, when he gets injured. It's, you know, he's getting hit. So, hard. you know, those things, you know, tend to, <laughs> didn't happen. Um, switching to, Things that just happened. Uh, the Lakers continue to get worse. Um, I mean, they're they're going to be bad for a while. And you and I were talking about this earlier. It's mm-hmm. like everything that they've done up until this point. It's like again, we've talked about it before: chasing championships, you know, going out and getting all these name players but these named players are at the tail end of their careers. And uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who's going to come on the podcast um, next week, uh, Quentin Williams, who he was an NFL exec. He was an NBA exec. He was in Jacksonville. When I was in Jacksonville, um, he worked on contracts, contract negotiations, uh, player development, stuff like that. And we were talking about the time where we just went like 14, 14 and two, um, mm-hmm. and the only two teams we lost to that year just so happened to be to, um, the Titans that we had lost both games to the Titans. 
And but that team was so loaded with pro bowlers. I'm talking about, you know, Keenan Marquette, Keenan Marquette, Keenan Marquette, um, Kate Mack. I'm gonna call him because for whatever reason, I'm messing up his, his last name, Keenan McCardell, uh, mm-hmm. Jimmy Smith, Tony Baselli, Mark Brunel. We had just signed Bryce Pop, who came over from. Uh, Buffalo Bills, who had like 16 sacks the previous season, which is why they signed him to a big time deal. Um, you know, we had a we had a couple other guys that we had signed. I mean, this team was bloated with pro bowlers, but the problem was they were all at the end of their career. We got mm-hmm. that one great season out of those guys, right? We got that one great 14 and two season out of, out of those guys, but then after that um that we kind of fell off right but then you couldn't do anything because you had just paid all these guys all this money same thing with the lakers right you bring in all these marquee names you pay them all this marquee money but a lot of these guys are at the tail end of their career so it seems like the lakers are constantly repeating the same mistake trying to chase championships well they also unfortunately in some of these other movements right like landing ad they gave up their first round draft pick for this coming year or mm-hmm. next year to the pelicans so if the lake i mean the, the losing season doesn't help them right they're in such a hole they're in such a hole from draft development to making any trade worthwhile right because mm-hmm. they have to eat a contract or eat part of a contract and then what's the point because mm-hmm. what are you getting? You don't know. Right. At least, you know, Westbrook and AD, when they're on the court, you know, butts are in the seats. Winning or losing are exciting players to watch. Right. But when these it's contracts not sustainable, come up, right? Yeah, it's when these contracts come up, it's going to be a long, long time because they, you not only burn through the cash, you burn through your draft picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you have no real, um, young player development, right? None. Unless you're yeah. going to have, unless you're going to have guys who are going to take pay cuts, right? Which we, we know that really, <laughs> that really yeah. happens. Um, but I also think that with the Lakers, you know, it's, it is starting to become the, the same narrative, right? It's, I think you believe too much in the brand Right. It's just like with, with Michigan. Michigan used to just always hang themselves on that we're going to that we're Michigan. Right. Mm-hmm. Nothing really needs to change. We don't need to go out and promote the brand. We don't need to go out and get five star players. We don't need to go out and do these things because we're Michigan. And it feels like the Lakers are still kind of, you know, sitting on their historic laurels, right? The yeah. championships and everything else, thinking they can go out and just by championships, no real development, no real cohesion, no real anything. Just go and pop and get these big, these big time players, right? Plug, plug them in and play. And then we're just going to win. Well, you've, you've exceeded that, that mark. You won your championship in the bubble, you know, mm-hmm. now you're out the bubble and those guys are older and you gave them all this money. And now you're in the position that you're in. Yeah. And they're going to be in it for a while. They just are. I mean, get used to losing kids because you're not going to go out there and, uh, you know, you're you're just not going to work your way out of this. Yeah. You're just not, you know, and and you got to take it on the chin. Uh, You know, New York did it for a while. Boston did it for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, Miami went through it for a minute. LA did it like twice about to be their third time. Cause remember they went yeah. through that period where it was just awful. Like you had like Andrew, and Bynum, last you had season. a bunch of young guys yeah. who didn't get the development because they were there. There was no structure there for them to, to be able to develop and learn under, you know, guys like Shaq and stuff and Kobe and, um, and all the other guys that they were that they had because those guys were not Kobe. Kobe was still there, but the rest of those guys were long gone and went on to other teams. And so now you're yeah. trying to put these young players in a position to hold up the Laker banner, and it's like it's, it's just not going to work. It's not sustainable. So yeah, you're right. They're going to be bad for 
uh, quite some time. Um, all right. So when we come back, we're going to talk about do the Bears, the Bears, the have Bears. A Bears, do the Bears have a quarterback? When we come back. All right. How are we doing? Doing good. We got, uh, I mean, they got the revitalized, stronger, faster, better, more composed than Jim McMahon, the last decent quarterback the Bears had. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Here we are. You ready? Ready. All right, Jason. So, do the Bears have a quarterback? What do you think about Justin Fields? We talked about him earlier, but what do you think? You know, uh, every game he's improved. Not perfect, but every game he's improved. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think what we've learned from this season in the NFL is obviously anybody can beat you at any time. So I don't like the schedule talk. You know, he doesn't get to choose who he plays, right? So he plays who he plays, and he plays his heart out. I mean, you get the Arizona coach saying, stop it. You know, the kid won't mm. listen to coaching. He kept running. Right, right. right. But he's also extremely accurate. You know, uh, I think it's I think it's awesome. I think the bear, I think if he can stay healthy, they mm. do. Um I always wince every time a quarterback gets out of that pocket like he does, because you know, that's where you make that little extra money, but that's also where you can lose all the money. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh I, I, that's the one thing that if you look at the bears, right, <laughs> you get injured, something gets shaky. They just kick you to the curb. Right. I, w I hope they can figure out a way to take care of this kid because if they do, they've got an amazing quarterback and you look at what the last three years prior, right? Look at all the strong quarterbacks that have come out of these classes. I mean, over the last couple of years, you know, through development, Mm-hmm strongest in decades yeah and he's part of that yeah it's amazing well yeah i think yeah i think and i you know i hate to talk i hate to say anything positive about an ohio state player but um <laughs> you know he i mean he gave us you know at michigan night bears right um i think he's a fantastic quarterback young quarterback um i think under the right circumstances he could become a very good quarterback again just like a tua just like yeah. a Jalen Hurst, you have to be able to continue to groom these guys. Just like with just like with Trevor Lawrence, it's going to be rough, right? Because usually when you are the top pick, right, in the draft, you're the top pick in the draft for a reason because that team that picked you sucked. Yeah. Right? Because they were at the bottom of the barrel, you know, going into that draft. So no quarterback is super excited to go to. I don't care what they say. They may like going to the city that they're probably going to, but no quarterback is excited to go to the bottom of the barrel team as a top pick, right? And that's just that's just the 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 truth. So, you know, when you have young quarterbacks like um like 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 Fields, like Trevor Lawrence, you have to make sure that you develop them in a way that you don't ruin their confidence, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to turn them into a gun-shy thoroughbred. You don't want to take away the things that make them really great. You want to be able to build something around them similar to what Baltimore did around Lamar Jackson, the guy that you don't want to pay his money to. Jason, well, as not yet. Not um, yet. <laughs> no, but it, it's um, it's interesting. But So let me ask you this then. Because it's either NFL culture has changed or these teams are just magical in what they do. Buffalo Bills, mm -hmm. Cincinnati Bengals, Los Angeles Chargers, Fly Eagles Fly, mm -hmm. right? Tua in Miami. They're all a couple of years apart. Yep. You know, and now Fields, right? They're all in that like three-year window. Mm -hmm. Of all those teams I named, none of them are, you know, benchmarks of excellence over the last decade no so is it the nfl 
or is it college or is this just that exceptional of a class of quarterbacks that have come out that we'll, we might never see again? Um, I think it's, it's twofold. One, it is, we always talk about levels and there are levels mm -hmm. to the game. There's levels from college to, um, you know, to the NFL. And when you're at a school like Ohio state, when you're at, at a school at like a Clemson, you're playing with potential future first round draft picks. You know what I mean? Yeah. The guys are your, or even at Alabama, I should throw Alabama, Georgia, all those top tier teams. So you're, you're playing, a, you're playing with guys who are eventually going to be in the NFL, but you're also playing against guys who probably aren't going to be in the NFL, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's, there's a separation between Clemson players and Wake Forest players. There's yeah. a separation between Ohio State players and Northwestern players, right? So there's a separation of athleticism, but not just not just at a certain position. Uh, position, I'm talking about overall team overall. My guys are just better than your guys. So yep. that window as a quarterback, when I go back to throw and I'm playing against Northwestern, that window is the size of a Volkswagen Bug. You know what I mean? But when you get to the NFL. The, the separation of athleticism is much smaller, which means mm -hmm. those windows are much smaller, that linebacker is a lot faster, the blitz coming off that edge is a lot faster, everything is, is sped up. So when you see guys like a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields go to, again, again, talking about separation, it's yeah. a reason why they got picked first in, in, you know, in the top five of the draft because their team sucks. Because there's a separation of whether whether it be a coaching, whatever, those guys are not as good as the other team's guys. So mm -hmm. I'm already working at a disadvantage when I come yeah. into the Bears, when I go into Jacksonville or whoever. I'm already working at a disadvantage because I don't know if they have a great offense line. They might not have a run game. They might not have drafted well at the wide, wide receiver position. If you're Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, I'm used to playing with five-star wide receivers, right? These yeah. guys are beating guys off the captain catching scrimmage all day right? long. Like I'm man, boom! This pitch and catch. Look at that window. That window <laughs> open, right? <laughs> you get to the NFL. This is easy. Not, this is easy, right? But it wasn't till two for Tua and Jalen. It wasn't until they got talent that resembled what they had at Alabama that they started to, you know, perform better. True. All of these teams have good running backs and strong, fast wide receivers, elite wide elite receivers, wide receivers, right? So the minute that, that now I'm getting the separation, right? My receivers, mm -hmm. the window is bigger. I, they help me on my offensive line. I'm not getting sacked as much. My offense coordinator is realizing my talent. He's starting to move me out of the pocket more. Right. So all those things start to change. It's because the culture and the athleticism of the overall team now changes because now I can compete with the bills. Now I can compete with Aaron Rodgers. Now I can compete with Drew Brees. Now I can compete yeah. with these guys because now we're starting to match up talent for talent. So I say that as for Justin Fields, mm -hmm. you just have to make sure you don't ruin him. Yeah. right like you have to protect him you have to make sure you don't ruin his confidence and you just have to just make sure each year we're getting better he's getting more comfortable we're surrounding him with you know more playmakers and we're taking the pressure off of him not making him feel like he has to go out and win games i just need you to get the ball to your playmakers just like you did at ohio state yep and for whatever it's worth if you know justin Ignore the fantasy football, folks. His numbers <laughs> are going to go down. He's not going to be scoring 50 points every week. Right. And the Bears are going to start winning. All right. Be a fan of the game. Be a fan of the player, but be a fan of the game. Mm -hmm. All right. Ease off the guy. Because there's already talk. Next year, he can't sustain. Like, who cares? Look at ne what he's What are you doing. saying? Next year, what? He can't sustain these fantasy numbers. And it's like, shut up, man. Look what this kid's doing. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 I, I, yeah. These kids, uh, guys like Justin and and the rest of these guys, they don't care about that fantasy stuff, man. That's good. 
I, I used to get people to ask me all the time, like, do you want to come join a fantasy league? I'm like, for what? Like, it wasn't a fantasy for me. So I don't need to go, <laughs> you know, I don't need to go pretend that, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't need to do it. But um, just yeah, I think, again, you, for, huh? Just ask them, do you, do you, uh, do you believe in dragons? They're like, no, like, right. but you believe in running a make-believe team? Like you're a real GM? Okay. Yeah, I, it do. It's like, like guys who take NCAA, you know, the game, the video game, you know, serious. Like, I'm not oh. gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie though. I used to do the general manager part on the on the NFL thing. I used to, I used to mess up contracts all the time. I was more <laughs> concerned about uh giving myself like a 99 overall on all my attributes. I used to build myself on Madden, like oh yeah, I remember that. Dude, just I was massive. I was like six three. I was I was my own wet dream on on Madden. I was six three, two twenty, four four speed everything like 99 yard touch dk metcalf yeah i was DK exactly metcalf. i built myself into dk metcalf like in the early like late 2000s so there you go jason so a team that we've talked about mm -hmm. but a team that no one else has seemed to talk about the Vikings, the Vikings are quietly eight and one and are at the top of the division. And I feel like it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone, because if you look at the the uh, the division they're in, um, the closest team to them are the Packers at yeah. what four and six. So yeah. they're sitting at the top of the NFC North at eight and one, and the closest team to them is the Packers at four and six. I think it's pretty safe to say that the Vikings have the NFC North pretty wrapped up. They got an unlock. Uh, now it's just, you know, how hard do they want to try? I mean, playing some spectacular football, good yeah. defense, offense. I mean, that catch on Sunday, you know, one of the greatest just put it right up there as one of the top five ever. Unbelievable. Right? I mean, just unbelievable. One hand jerked it away. It was yeah. beautiful. Uh, Kirk Cousins playing really smart football, doing great. You know, uh, um, all in all, I mean, yeah, folks, don't be surprised. Once again, you know, the Eagles just lost to Washington, right? So any given Sunday. Mm. And uh, Kirk's doing what he hasn't done in a while, which is show up damn near every Sunday. Mm -hmm. and uh, put it on people and comeback wins, you know, yeah. not up by 30, you know, doing some mm -hmm. solid comeback wins. So yeah. I love them. I think it's yeah. awesome. I hope they go to the Super Bowl. I think that would just be the greatest thing ever only because it's such a small market. Mm -hmm. I think the, uh, what it would do for that market and uh, because it's so small would just be awesome. Yeah. I think it'd be fantastic. Yeah. 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 You know, and we're, we're Kirk Cousins, man, you know, he's been pretty um, consistent. He's been a pretty mm -hmm. consistent quarterback in the league ever since he got there. Again, hate to say anything great about a Michigan State player, but, you know, he deserves it. Um, but he's played extremely well, man. And, and, the, and the Vikings have just been one of those organizations where they're constantly consistent. They're constantly in the hunt. And now they're eight and one sitting at the top of the division. Um, basically, I mean, they've won it. I mean, they pretty much yeah. won the division. I mean, it's, it's a wrap. So I think with the Vikings, you know, the only thing and the Vikings have done well defensively. You know, I think this, this game was pretty much, this was one of their worst games defensively, giving up this many points. Yep. Um, but at the same time, you're going up against another offensive juggernaut of a team in the bills. Right. And I'd say the bills have more weapons than they do. Yeah, and exactly. And I think the separation in this game, the difference in this game, obviously the, the turnovers, the last turnover that Josh Allen threw was, had he thrown that ball earlier, had he gotten it out early, it probably would have been a touchdown, but mm -hmm. he came out late, DB under undercut the route. Um, but the thing that separated them in this game was, and we talked about this before, was the running game. Yeah. Um, I think Dalvin Cook, let me see, hold on. Let me just make sure I'm right on this. Um, Dalvin Cook had over 100 yards rushing. I mean, See? 
and Minnesota, what is it? Let me see. Josh Allen, 29 for 43 for 330 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. But Dalvin Cook had 14 carries for 119 yards. Um, yeah. Guess who was the highest rusher for the Bills? Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. <laughs> right? 60, 60 something yards. So when you look at the Vikings and what they're able to do in the passing game, in the run game, they're they're just really really balanced and yeah. with the viking i'm sorry with uh with the bills kind of balanced but they're missing that 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 element of the run game and i think that's the thing that we talked about earlier in the season was great yes he can run the ball dude he's he's 6'3 240 he's hurdling people he's running over linebackers and shit like that's great but there needs to be some sort of counter to that he needs help to be able to hand the ball off to somebody else so that he can have kind of almost like be a dual threat not a dual threat quarterback but have a dual threat that you can put more pressure on the defense so that now i got to worry about josh allen throwing the ball running the ball and handing the ball off right yeah bills yeah, don't have I, that and also i think what you're seeing when you see uh and his interceptions have clicked up as of late right because he's got to go win the game yeah because he's right? tired he's tired He's yeah. playing two positions and it's the right. NFL. And to your point of that acceleration, right. Of talent, mm -hmm. speed, strength, all of those things. They're like, Oh man, he can take it. Yeah. Can he, you know, the best of the best linebackers are hitting yeah. him. Yeah. 10 times on a Sunday. Yeah. The Don't think just because you see him run a linebacker over like, <laughs> like that shit didn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he didn't feel that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he he totally felt that. But again, you take those shots, whether it's in your shoulder, in your arm, mm. your throwing arm, or your knuckle, on your hand, or whatever, those shots, just like just like in boxing, right? When they, they teach you if you have if you're fighting a guy who is constantly protecting himself in his box, in his shield, you don't try to keep punching him in, in the head. You punch his arms because eventually yep. his arms are going to get tired. And yep. his shell, his arm, his hands, his defense is eventually going to come down. You don't have to necessarily get a great shot on Josh Allen, but you keep hitting him enough. Yeah. Right? You keep hitting him enough, and he's not handing the ball off, and he's running for 10, 15 yards, picking up the first down, and he's not running out of bounds like he should. Those, those are going to take his toll. And we're seeing it. Decision-making. It's not as crisp. You're yeah. seeing it. Late on the ball, you know. Yeah. DB undercuts the throw. So, you know, I, I still think um obviously they they still obviously they're gonna go into the playoffs, but you know, other teams have crept up there. Miami has now yeah. is Miami who is now sitting at the top of the division. Go figure. And looking really good. And looking good. I again I, I always say this. I just cannot believe a couple weeks ago we were talking about two over tire. Yeah. Glad well, he didn't listen to me. <laughs> as of now, yes. Yes, I mean, as of now. Yeah. You know, as of now, I yes. Him, I told you so, but... <laughs> yeah, and, they, and you know, who knows what's going to happen in, in a couple of years, you know, a, a yeah. few years. I had a Herschel Walker joke in there, but I'm not going to do it. Um, But yeah, so so the Vikings, you know, look, they look good. Um, Again, NFC North, I think it's theirs. I think that's just a wrap on them. Um, But the team... Listen, it's hard to go undefeated. It's just really yeah. hard. Again, when I played for Jacksonville, we went 14 and two. We were riding high, lost to the same damn team, you know, um, our nemesis, the, the Titans, and um, it sucks. So the Eagles lose. Mm -hmm. They lose to the lowly Washington Commanders. Um, but I think that takes some. Um, some pressure off the Eagles, right? Because now you're not really worried about trying to go undefeated, right? So that kind of takes that pressure off of you. You lose to to Washington. Does it really hurt you in the in the standings? Not really, yeah. right? Because yeah. the Cowboys pooped the bed. <laughs> so yeah. so you're still right where you need to be in that division. Um but wasn't this wasn't the best game for 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 the Eagles, but you know there was um, they had opportunities to win that game, but 
listen, you any given Sunday, you can you can lose. And I'm not talking about the terrible Al Pacino movie with Jamie Foxx in any Hoorah. given Sunday. No, no, that's uh not a good film. Uh I I'm I'm with you. I uh if you're gonna lose, lose this time of the year, right? And lose, lose to, to them. That. Lose and to lose- the to lose them. to them, lose this time of the year, and let it be not just a loss, but let it be an ego check that you mm-hmm. didn't show up, right? You didn't prepare for them like you prepared for others, and it right. showed, right? And uh, good. You know, you lost to one of the worst teams. Mm-hmm. You played down to your competition. Played down to your competition. It happens. It happens. You didn't rise up. You weren't mentally prepared. Good. Now you know, all right? And if we do this again... You know, uh, it, it changes things because other teams are rising. We need to keep rising. So, uh, yeah, if you're going to lose, lose now, you know, um, and, uh, I want to see how tight they perform this Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think that's where, I think that's where you're going to see if it's set in or not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be a bounce back game, um, mm-hmm. for, for the Eagles. I think this is just, again, fatigue, a lot of fatigue, you know, yeah. pressure, um, and then, you know, they were just, you know, Washington have nothing to lose. Right. And a team yeah. that has nothing to lose can go out there and play as free as they want to. And, and unfortunately, if you're the Eagles, you're thinking about division championship, you're thinking about going undefeated. You're thinking about all these other things. Um, you can get caught slipping. And I think yeah. that's exactly what happened uh, in this game. So, but the Eagles, they'll, they'll be just fine. They'll be all right. Um, you know, other news, Jason was, and this has been all on all the talking shows, obviously, because there, there's a, a, a history behind these type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, the hiring of Jeff Saturday. Yeah. Um, no experience whatsoever. I think he coached high school or something. Now I know Jeff, I played with Jeff in one of the, um, all-star games kind of coming out of uh, college. Great dude. Um, really enjoyed hanging out with him. I really enjoy his analysis um, as a commentator, you know, but this, this felt like, now he has a relation. Obviously he has a relationship with the Colts and the yeah. Colts family, the, the people who own the Colts, mm-hmm. they are a relationship family. You know what I'm saying? Like they are a relationship organization. Like they, they like guys like a Tony Dungy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they, they they are comfortable around people that they know and who they trust. They're going to bring in people from within their circle. Um, now, with all that said, I, I get what they're doing, but it just, it just doesn't look right when we're talking about level playing field when we're talking about opportunity when we're talking about the racial disparity amongst you know african-american head coaches versus how many african-american players it just wasn't a good look right because a lot of times what we hear about why certain black coach didn't get the job why this black coach didn't get the job it's always it always comes down to well he just needs a little bit more seasoning. He just needs a little bit more experience. They just need a little bit more this or that. It always seems like there's some sort of, of, of excuse for why um, they don't go, you know, black. Um, but what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. You know, a, a couple of things, right? Uh, one, it is interesting to bring someone with zero experience, you know, uh, that, because it has, it's been used as the benchmark, right, of why you don't hire another coach or why this young African-American coach can't come in and do these things. Uh, just not enough experience. Um, you know, it, it seems like a shortcut around the, the Rooney rule. Oh, he's just my buddy. It's interim, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, well, you're also, you're really opening up this this Pandora's box of, well, what if I don't call him a coach? Right? What if he's yeah. what if he's my on the field consultant? Because mm-hmm. I haven't found a coach yet. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what's happening right now. Right? Yeah. I mean, he was a consultant to to the Colts, 
Mm -hmm. right? He advised him on things and now he's their on the field consultant. Right. I changed the name. I'm, I, I don't have to hire any new coaches. I can go do what I want. Right. Yeah. And this is what it looks like. Yeah. And it's just, and it, and for every coach out there that works so hard, you took all that value, all that Belichick value, all of those things, right? Mm -hmm. All those Dungy values, all those things. And you debased them down to no experience necessary. Right. Other, other than I know this guy. I know this guy and he knows the game of football. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, I just think, I mean, I mean even imagine if, if you're, you're a coach on the team. Right. And you got passed and you've got passed over. Right. To a TV um, analyst. To a TV right. analyst to who who's only coached high school. I think high school, middle school, something, you know. And, and by the way, I listen, he took the job and I would have taken the job if they had called me and been like, hey, oh, listen, oh, I would have took it too. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm like, what's the check? Sign me up, right? I'm in. I'm going to I'm going to play this out on Madden every week and I'm going to I'm going to get the defense down, don't worry. Right. But um you know, so I'm not mad at him. Yeah, I I'm, I'm not mad at, at Jeff Saturday whatsoever. I think it's a great opportunity uh for him. He's making the best of it. He's right? making the best of it. We don't first really game. know the particulars of, of that. Like what's his day-to-day -day job? Because yeah. like you said, it could be a more of a consulting role, right? Kind of a fill the gap role, but you didn't roll it out like that, right? Yeah. You just stamped head coach on top of it. And you just basically poo pooed on every guy who's been busting his butt to try to get a head coaching job. Um, and you just kind of, Poo pooed over all those efforts. Not not just that, but I mean, I mean, also think if you're a player, like what message is that sending to the players on your team as well? Because I don't care, I don't care about your health and safety. I don't I don't care about who you are. I don't yeah, care about how like, much I paid you. Right. I'm like, turning. Are, your are we future. trying to win? Yeah. Well, also, <laughs> like, I'm turning your future. Right. How you get paid. How you negotiate. Right. Yeah. On your efforts on the field, I'm turning that over to a person with no experience. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that a, is that a, we're trying to win move or is that again, is we're, we're just trying to get out of here. We're, we're not, we're going to make a decision at the, at the end of the year about the head coaching position. And yeah, still, you, even if that is the case, there are guys on your team that are already coaching that your players already have respect for, not to say that they don't have respect for Jeff Saturday. I'm sure they do, mm -hmm. but it's very different when you're in the foxhole with someone, you know, teams yeah. come together in a much different way where you're in the foxhole with someone, you know, when coach Gary Moeller was fired from university of Michigan and Lloyd Carr was, you know, made interim head coach. Mm -hmm. It was different because Carr was in us in that difficult position during that difficult time and players rallied around him. So you know, I just wonder, like, again, what message are you sending to your players? I'll tell you what, if there's a coaching staff that's going to be quietly quitting, I wouldn't blame the Colts coaching staff. Everyone that got passed up, right? Right. I'd yeah. Be that, oh, I'd, this I'd is be a nine to be five. Pissed. This, is a, this became a nine to five job real quick. Yeah. You want to treat me that way? And once again, nothing against Jeff. I mean, dude, take that contract. I think it's I think it's better experience. You're going to get a better contract from ESPN when you go back there. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's going to be on. He's going to get talking show invites because they're going to want to know what was it like. How did you feel about the backlash? Oh, he's going to write blah, a book. Blah blah blah. It is going to be talk about ad nauseum. So, but again, like I said, I don't blame Jeff Saturday. I just think it's a bad look um, for the Colts. Again, yep. especially, be, you know what, especially because I respect the Colts organization so much because they've done things, in my opinion, they've always seemed to do things, do the right thing. They've always seemed to do things above board. And mm -hmm. so to, to do this, it's just kind of like, yeah, okay. You're kind of like everybody else now. Right. Yeah. yeah kind of like the good old boys club a little bit. Right. Yeah. You became a country club real quick. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know, man, but you know, we'll see. Um, Jason, what else we got coming up, man? We got we Thanksgiving you, coming up. We got Thanksgiving coming up. 
uh, which I'll be obviously photographing immensely. I'm very excited. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait oh, to see this stuff. <laughs> and just no pressure. Okay. No pressure, but uh, my Christmas shopping is done. Your Chris, damn, dude. <laughs> Your Christmas shopping is done. You're making like yeah. a six star Michelin chef style Thanksgiving dinner. For people you say you really like and know, your Christmas shopping is done. Yeah. You are you, sir, are an overachiever. Is <laughs> what we call you kind of guys. <laughs> you are an overachiever. I haven't, dude, I I didn't even <laughs> buy, you know, Halloween candy. So, you know. That's kind of where I'm at with with my situation. I'm looking at a lot of stuff. I'm waiting for the best Black Friday deals possible. Because right now, all the deals that I see, they're not really Black Friday. They're kind of like light gray deals. Like I need something that's that's more than $20 off, more than for like, you know what I mean? Because like you do look at a Mm -hmm. pair of shoes, right? Like I love like my running shoes and I'm looking at the prices. I'm like, 130, Uh, I don't know. But those that I'll are just send like you, one ten. I'll just send you pics of my <laughs> of my new ones. I've got I've got a friends and family discount with uh with one of those shoe people, so I got a pretty oh. good discount. Okay. I got some new sick kicks. Okay. Oh, well, so listen, nice. we're not related, but we can be related for this deal that you got. <laughs> we can be related for this. You deal. know. <laughs> I can let you know. I can let you know. Okay. But yeah. yeah. Um, I got a fake a birth certificate or something like that. You know, we can do that. That's what printers, that's what printers and faxes are for. That's right. You know, Absolutely. I can change the exposure on my picture and make me look white, whiter. <laughs> if I change too much exposure, I kind of blend in the back of my wall over here. Can't go too light. Um, you got to get more gray. That's all. Yeah. Just more gray. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Um, well, folks, as always, we appreciate you. Before I let you guys go, though, we will have uh, an interview coming up with uh, Quentin Williams. Again, the guy that I mentioned earlier in the podcast, he was um, he played at Boston College, was in the FBI. I mean, like if you read this guy's bio, I I told him, I said, like, you should be running for office because he's like he was an assistant district attorney. He was a prosecutor. He worked for the FBI. Um, Dang. He did all like I mean, his bio is just insane. He worked for the NFL. He worked for the NBA. Um, he has an organization, um, right now that he's doing like a lot of community based, um, stuff working with communities, working with, uh, police departments. Like he, I mean, he's just, he's just like, an it's incredible, like a Renaissance man. I mean, man, he's, he's an incredible individual. I mean, he talked about, you know, his, um, his upbringing, you know, he's, um, half black, half Jewish, his mom raised them, um, you know, him and his brother, and um and just he's just an amazing guy so we're gonna have an interview coming up with uh with quentin williams and uh just an amazing guy i think people like that so but as always folks we appreciate you thank you for tuning in don't forget the podcast drops every thursday spotify apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast we'll talk to you soon peace